At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind the scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash who would win show right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. It is a blissfully placid day in the forest. The flowers are blooming, the woodland creatures scamper hither and thither, and Papa Smurf is taking a well-deserved day away from all his responsibilities at Smurf Village. Lazing in the sun with a blade of grass in his teeth, Papa Smurf lets out a huge sigh, letting the cares of the world pass through him. It is then that a mechanized team seemingly appears from thin air and starts cutting down all the trees. Their leader steps forward, his mask gleaming in the sunlight. Cut it all down. I need plenty of space for the massively large number of statues of myself that I got planned. As Handsome Jack lays out his plan, Papa Smurf leaps to his feet. He's a sworn protector of the forest, and so this must be stopped for Smurf's sake. It's the original Blue Man Group versus the Hyperion Corporation. It's Le Grand Schrumpf versus John. It's Papa Smurf versus Handsome Jack. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win? A show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters in the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavs, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. We have the fourth match in our Mainstream March series, where we bring you popular characters from the 1980s. In today's episode, we yet again match up with one of your favorite characters from the 1980s and put them up against an insanely compelling opponent, you know, this battle is insanely different. We love it, and that's what we do at Who Would Win. In one corner, you have Papa Smurf, the lovable father figure to the Smurfs, who, despite his somewhat friendly demeanor, is a complete badass 100% versus Handsome Jack, one of gaming's most vile yet intriguing villains. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. And, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to waste anyone's time. This match has never been discussed before. Why? Nothing Ooh. like this has ever been discussed before. I checked out. 
out the Reddit, the subreddits for Smurfs, the subreddits for Handsome Jack, Borderlands, all that kind of stuff. No crossover whatsoever. Yet again, Who Would Win brings you another world premiere geek battle event, and you're welcome. Ray, what do you think about today's matchup? Of course I love this matchup. Look, at the end of the day, we knew we wanted to use the Smurfs or Papa Smurf in a battle. And Papa Smurf, as you said, look, he's a tough guy. He's a magical creature. And we said, let's go against the grain here. Let's go a magical creature against a tech-based villain or character of some kind. And of course, I've been sitting on wanting to do Handsome Jack, who in my opinion, uh, top five, if not top three, if not top one, best video game antagonists ever in all of video games i will stand by that anybody who's played borderlands 2 or any of the stuff of the borderlands world that's come after it he's so good they find ways to wedge him in there even though he's not around anymore in the storyline so you tell me how much of an impression that character left you know, Ray, we've been coming up with these very different matchups. You know, uh, two weeks ago, we had Pac-Man versus the Riddler. And last week, we had the A-Team versus the Boys, which caused a, a slight, I don't know, some slight controversy online. Oh, did it? A little bit, a little bit. Um, do you want to kind of explain to the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what, you know, what we talked about a little bit before the show and what you want to revisit? Well, you know, some people were very, very mad at me for saying, I will not use Kimiko. I will not use the super-powered Kimiko in this battle. And you know what? Come point number three, I changed my mind, James Gavsey. <laughs> people thought that maybe you should have pushed against me and pushed against the idea a little bit harder. Some people online have suggested you just rolled over. And I would say you can't roll over against Ray. He steamrollers over you. <laughs> Ray Stacanus, here's the deal. Uh, first of all, the boys, for those who need to know, Kimiko is part of the boys. When you said in your point number one, and I'm not going to use Kimiko for my, you know, my points today, I knew the opposite was quite true. I had been preparing for it. With that being said, the boys with Kimiko, I kind of agreed with the verdict they could beat the A team. So well done with that. But here's Man, the for thing, saying Ray. that you for saying that you prepared for it, you sure didn't show it on the episode. Ha ha ha. Here's the thing, Ray Stacanus. You know, one of our, our our fan base, our Legion of Lions, I should say, made a point, and he kind of brought out my 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 secret. My I don't know how to put this. I've had a partner, a silent partner, who has helped me tremendously throughout many episodes of Who Would Win. And this silent partner, I thought I'd just bring it to light now, has shown me that hey, use Ray's own strategies against him. If he comes up with something, and you see the battle is going to be lost. Okay, go with it. Fight. But if you lose, that's okay. Use it for the long-term war. Do you know who that mm. silent partner is, Ray? The Lord? Do you know who my <laughs> other silent partner is? No, I got it's no idea. It's you, Ray Stacanus. This is outrageous. No, 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 check this out, check this out. So the first time this happened, it was Serpentor who came in a toy package with his actual flying chariot. Therefore, he did. that's part of the character. I'm like, great. I then use that quite uh, quite a bit. You use different types of tactics like that where you kind of pull a really fun one. A unicorn, unicorn is a universal nexus figure, exists in every universe at the same time. I'm like, that's crazy. You went with it, you got it. And then I use that about three different times to get wins in three different episodes. So guess what? Up. I'll be using that same tactic a whole lot. Thank you for showing me that. And thank you for showing me the other tactics as well. Keep coming with these. They're, they're, they're gold. Jerry, it's gold. So thanks, Ray Sicanus. Copies are never as good as the original, James. I'll keep coming up with great strategies, and you keep ripping them off. That's fine. <laughs> Godfather 2, Empire Strikes Back. That's all I'm going to say. Better than the originals. Now, 
Moving on, Racy Canis. I decided to come up with another question of the week because last week's question of the week kind of broke the internet. Did the same thing today. I wanted to get your answer uh, for this one. So my question of the week this week, which, by the way, is brought to you by Indeed and also by our friends at the Geek and Gaming Facebook community. Great uh, uh, Facebook community. Please join them. They're fantastic. Out of Batman, Tony Stark, and Darth Vader, who do you think would give the toughest job interview? Ray, what's your answer on this? No, my answer is it's got to be probably Darth Vader if you break it down. You know, there's that nervous breathing he's going to do. Do you, do you look at the thing on his chest? Do you, which eye do you look into? He's wearing a mask. I don't know. Tony Stark probably has somebody else do his interviews for him because he's drunk. But Batman, I think, would be the easiest of the three because I, I really do believe if Batman is to the point where he's interviewing you for a job, he already knows absolutely everything about you and he already thinks you're right for the job because he wouldn't be wasting anybody's time especially his own otherwise that's an intriguing answer okay according to twitter and facebook everyone thought darth vader would give the toughest interview which makes sense uh if you think about it, because if he didn't like you or found your lack of faith to be disturbing in some way he'd probably kill you right now on instagram however everyone voted for batman which i yeah. actually kind of agree with look it's not that Batman's going to have the highest stakes. It's just that he's going to make you question your soul and question everything about yourself in order to get the job done. He's probably going to try to break you emotionally and psychologically and then say, you're hired. Uh, the response with Legion of Audience was really, really good with this. Uh, you know, again, I think Darth Vader kind of was uh, the winner of this one. Batman was there, but no one, and I mean no one, voted for Tony Stark. It was really cool. So, uh, again, response with Legion of Audience and Twitter, Facebook, everyone was absolutely incredible. So as long as you keep providing great answers i'm going to keep providing the questions and the questions of the day with that being said speaking of great answers it's time to introduce our guest judge making their third appearance on the who would win show it's someone you'll recognize from marvel dc and star wars films as well as gaming all over the place it's actor and host of the all over voiceover podcast it's grug from the cruise family tree it's pat patterson from the young rock show on nbc and peacock wow it's kiff van Hewell. kiff welcome back to who would win Ray James, thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to uh, to enter the uh, to stand in the center of the square circle and uh, and and put on the stripes and try to figure out who's gonna who's gonna win tonight's victory. I'm, I'm very excited about uh, you know this particular matchup and and. Um, both of you guys have have won under my watch. Uh, right now, you're one and one uh, with me. Controversy uh, has has abounded in previous in previous episodes. Um, so I'm excited tonight to see uh, to see where we go. Well, we're so happy you're here because we know how busy you always are, and especially have recently been, especially being um, Pat Patterson on The Young Rock, an absolutely yeah. iconic character within the world of professional wrestling. Tell Legion of Audience all about it because we all love The Young Rock. Man, it's been such an extraordinary experience. We shot all 13 episodes of the second season down in Australia, and wow. I flew off last September and just returned three weeks ago. The, the fascinating thing about being inside of this show, w working with actual professional wrestlers and actors who are learning to wrestle and being directed and, and coached by the great Chavo Guerrero Jr., who's our wrestling coordinator and such a generous and wonderful performer and f guidance counselor because he's helping us find work. He's just he's he's amazing. And our entire cast is really come together so tightly. I mean, the, the, the chemistry that you see in the show between 
you know, Dwayne's family and all three uh, times, uh, time sort of eras is, is real. I mean, we, we connected immediately when we, even when we got to the airport and then um, like, especially in big group scenes, we all just get together. It's, it's just a, a massive family and it's so exciting to be able to come together and tell these uh, tell these stories of Dwayne's experience growing up in and around wrestling, and and uh, I'm just so excited to see uh, how how folks uh, enjoy and what surprises. And the scripts are so funny; it's just a delight to be a part of the show, man. We've yeah. got Kip here with uh, Pat Patterson of Young Rock with all this '80s knowledge of pro wrestling, probably everything '80s. You got Ray Sakinis yeah. representing Handsome Jack. You got me representing the ultimate badass, Papa Smurf. It's about that time. We got to have this fight. Ray, go ahead and do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the world of 80s cartoons, the Smurf who suffers from classic clinical depression. I mean, he is blue all the time. Papa Smurf. And representing Gearbox Software, the corporate president who's considered by many to be a villain. But come on, he only shot one baby. Handsome Jack. Wow. Wow. All right. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, what version of Handsome Jack will you be using? I'll be using the video game version, of course, the one from Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel, uh, Borderlands 1.5, which came out after Borderlands 2. Very cool. Okay, so there's a lot of different iterations of the Smurfs out there from the 60s or late 50s or whatever. I'm sticking with the 1980s Smurf Smurfs on NBC from 1981 to 1989 because... That's the only, in my opinion, that's the only version of the Smurfs that counts. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to the Who Would Win Facebook page to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch either right now or immediately after the show. By the way, it's time to celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every it week is. we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have in the battle today? We have the return of one of our favorite patrons, Joe Leal. Oh, wow. Joe Leal is the patron of the week. Wow. Okay. So when you have someone like Joe Leal, you've got to go all out. I'm going to put Joe up against Voltron holding wow. Mjolnir. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously Voltron holding Mjolnir has no chance whatsoever because first off, how would you even wield it? You have to be a person to wield Mjolnir. You have to be worthy. It's the same argument. If you put Mjolnir in an elevator and it goes up two floors, is the elevator suddenly worthy? 
Come on, Vision, get your poop together. My point is, Voltron would actually be weighed down by Molnir and be trying to pick it up and be unable to do so because the person operating the controls won't be able to pull the stick down or however the heck Voltron works. Now, Joe Leal is a master of pressure points. I think everybody around the world knows this at this point. And somehow Voltron's pressure points, which I did not know existed before this battle, you know how I found out? Because Joe Leal showed me when he hit every pressure point on Voltron, reducing it to a pile of scrap. And then Joe Leal picks up Mjolnir because Joe Leal is worthy and proceeds to slap the snot out of a whole bunch of lions. Like he was a member of the Green Bay Packers in the nineties. You had me up until the end. No, I absolutely agree with that. Joe Leal would be the one worthy enough to pick up Mjolnir and take it and use it against Voltron and the five lions. By the way, great reference to a very well-known point. If you're ever facing a huge lion, disable it with pressure points to the mouse yes. and face area. All right. Well done. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring... You can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. 
Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. I wanted to take a moment to let all of you know about Magic Mind. Magic Mind is a little magical elixir that makes your body hum. Magic Mind is a little green shot that helps boost your energy, maintain focus, and enhance your calm. You drink it alongside your morning caffeine. Just let it do the work. I use it Anytime I need to get that extra mental boost, whether it's before a big Hollywood pitch meeting, teaching MMA class, or especially when I'm about to debate Ray in an episode of Who Would Win, I absolutely make sure to take my shot of Magic Mind. You're not going to believe this, but real talk here. The very first day I tried Magic Mind, my wife came over to me in the dining room and told me that I was much calmer than usual. She didn't even know I had tried Magic Mind. Look, if it can bring me inner calm, you should have no problem seeing it in yourself as well. If you'd like to take the seven-day challenge, just go to magicmind.co slash www and use discount code www at checkout for 20% off your order. Once again, that's magicmind.co slash www with discount code www to take 20% off. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for a handsome Jack. Handsome Jack is the president of the Hyperion Corporation and a main antagonist of the Borderlands video game series. He was created by Gearbox Software, voiced by Damian Clark, and first appeared in Borderlands 2 in 2012. The self-proclaimed hero of Borderlands 2, the mask-wearing Handsome Jack, is introduced to the series by blowing up the introductory train the players ride in on. Jack uses the full power of the Hyperion Corporation in an effort to open a vault and gain the power inside of it. It's a mystical vault. Jack hilariously trolls and taunts the players as they go about the game before certain plot elements kick in and his darker, more dangerous side takes the forefront. At the end of the day, Jack is a tech genius with a planet-controlling arsenal at his disposal. And fun fact, the writers of Handsome Jack have said in an interview that his personality was originally based on an interview done by a popular actor. That actor was Nathan Fillion. Yes, the Firefly and Castle star did an interview on Kimmel where he came across as dry and sarcastic in addition to being arrogant, but most of all, likable. This served as the starting reference point as they created their uber villain for the series, and that is Handsome Jack. Wow, that's actually very cool. All right, now here are the important details for Papa Smurf. I can't believe we're doing Papa Smurf in this one. You know how long I've wanted I love to put it. Papa Smurf into a battle? This is crazy. At least a week. Every week, everything. Okay, I'm just, I'm excited, right? I'm just excited. All right, here are the important details for Papa Smurf. Papa Smurf was first introduced in 1958 by creators Johan and Peewit in their story, La Flute à Six Trous. 
That means the, the flute with six holes, which was also the first appearance of the Smurfs. Papa Smurf is one of the main heroes from the comic strip in that animated series, The Smurfs. Most Smurfs are said to be about 100 years old, but at the advanced age of 546, Papa Smurf is the oldest Smurf and the leader of all of them. Despite his age, he is still quite energetic. Easily distinguishable from all other Smurfs, Papa Smurf has a bushy white mustache and beard and is typically dressed in red pants and a matching red Phrygian cap, I hope I pronounced that properly, making him the only Smurf who does not wear white. As a Smurf's leader, Papa is a central father-like figure that the Smurfs typically go to when seeking counsel. Due to his fatherly nature, Papa Smurf is always concerned about the Smurfs' welfare and harmony. He is very altruistic and is always available to help anybody, whether Smurf or human or beast or monster or crazy-ass wizard. His great diplomatic skills are used when encountering humans or other creatures in the forest at all times. And here's an interesting fact about the Smurfs. Did you know that the Smurfs, this is crazy, may be responsible for the creation of the entire zombie genre in films and television? What? This is yeah, this is ridiculous, but it's, it's quite possibly true. Okay. A 1959 issue of the Franco-Belgian magazine Spirou published a Smurfs comic titled Les Schtroumpfs Noirs, which means the Smurfs that are black, in which a black fly bites a Smurf in the woods, infecting him with a sickness that drives him to hunt down his fellow Smurfs and bite them in order to spread the disease. The infected soon outnumber the healthy Smurfs and begin picking them off while they desperately search for an antidote, which requires them to capture the infected to perform medical tests. Tell, don't tell me this isn't almost like every amazing zombie film you've ever seen. If that plot sounds familiar, it's because with a few details changed, it could describe virtually every zombie film or TV series since George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, which was released in 1968, nine years after the Smurf comic hit the shelves. Was George Romero a big fan of the Smurfs? I don't know. I think so. Wouldn't that be cool, though, if the Smurfs actually created the zombie genre of film and television The Walking Dead? That's all I got to say about that. Now you have the facts of both opponents. Giff, do you have any questions before we get started? Zombie Smurfs, diplomacy, altruistic, always wears red versus uh, tech genius with a planet-controlling arsenal. I'm sure you guys will get into details of their powers and strengths. Let's do round one. Here we go. Time for a fight. Racy Canis, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Handsome Jack. Let's just talk a little bit about the world of the Borderlands. It is sort of a post-apocalyptic world on the planet of Pandora, where a heck of a lot of this takes place. You have, like, raider gangs. It's very much like a Fallout-inspired kind of a world. Now, the weapons that these characters use, there are certain classes of weapons that are known all around, and that would be pistols, submachine guns, shotguns, assault rifles, sniper rifles, rifles, and rocket launchers. Now, you could say those are the weapons available to the players. Well, if the, those are the weapons available to the player characters, then obviously Jack, who runs the Hyperion Corporation, a corporation that, let me check my notes, makes weapons... Surely he would have similar weapons at his disposal as well. I have picked out two of the specific weapons that Jack potentially could use as these are specifically Hyperion Corporation made legendary weapons. The first one is a sniper rifle. It's called the Invader. What makes this sniper rifle really exciting is not just the fact that obviously he could sit back at a distance and snipe Papa Smurf before he even saw what was going on. But this is a rapid-fire sniper rifle. The weapons in Borderlands defy physics, and they get a little weird at times. 
at one point featuring a weapon that shot a sword that exploded and turned into nine more swords, which also exploded. That's the world we're talking about. The rapid fire sniper rifle. When you pull the trigger, it lets off five shots instead of one. You don't have to be as good a aim with a sniper rifle when you can rip off five rapid fire shots at the same time. Papa Smurf, I don't think could take one of these shots. If he takes five, he's going to be in trouble. And they made a very specific rocket launcher called the Nidhogg, which I just saw and it made me giddy. So I've got to bring it up here. The Nidhogg Hyperion Corporation rocket launcher fires one rocket into the air at about mid range. And then before it lands, turns into six more rockets (laughs) of equal power to the first, thereby clustering the area with seven very destructive rockets. What I'm trying to say is if this is a mid range battle, and I think of course that it will be. Handsome Jack has an entire arsenal of weapons to shoot at Papa Smurf and basically destroy the forest just to destroy one Smurf. Let's talk a little bit about weapon effects as well, because the weapons in the Borderlands series have special properties. They have corrosive properties in the ammo, which causes like a poison and acidic melting kind of a a work. It also has incendiary, which we all know sets fire to things. Explosive is another property, so it blows up. Bullets that explode on impact, we love those. Shock, in other words, it hits you with an electric shock if it hits you. Or slag, and slag is the special one that coats you if it hits you with a purple substance, thereby allowing, if you shoot it with a separate one, a corrosive incendiary explosive, it does extra damage because it enhances other elements around it. Not just that, the world of Borderlands is for the player characters, so I assume Handsome Jack as well is if you get knocked down, if you get taken to zero hit points, you get what's called second wind. You're crawling around, not moving too fast, but able to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot as much as you possibly can in order to kill one thing. And then you pop back up again at full strength, back into the battle. You weren't killed. Good job. The other thing that he's going to bring to the table is shields. There are shields that protect you, force fields that protect you, and Papa Smurf doesn't have a force field. I will take force field shield against not force field shield any day of the week. We also got class mods and artifacts, but I'm basically out of time here. Look, there's just too much tech, too much long-range firepower for Papa Smurf to have even a chance in this battle, and that's my point number one. Okay, these are all interesting facts about Handsome Jack. A really intriguing character the more I read about him. This is also why, Ray, I don't know if you've heard this before, but I really should get into gaming more. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. Okay. Again, really cool weapons. On a side note, the U.S. military just sent to Ukraine something very similar to what you described of uh, you know that sniper rifle, except it's uh, an automated thing. It shoots one thing that shoots nine more of the same things that all explode. Very cool stuff. I love all the uh, tech and weapons from, uh, from what Handsome Jack Scott. The only question I have is, can he carry everything you just listed at the same time? I don't think he can. I'm not saying he's not going to have some impressive weaponry that can do a lot of damage to regular beings, but I don't think he's carrying absolutely everything at the same time. With that being said, and I'm going to go into this a little bit more, Smurfs are insanely resilient. I'm not sure if it's Toon Force or maybe it's the magic of the 80s, but, you know, tanking, electricity, not a problem. Corrosives, they can actually do uh, are fairly tough against that. And the really cool part is they've seen a lot of different types of, of weaponry that just doesn't seem to affect them that much. So that'll be the challenge, and I'll kind of detail that a lot more. With that being said, let me get into my point number one, and let's talk about the basics for Papa Smurf. So we got to talk about the obvious. There's a slight height disadvantage here for Papa Smurf. I believe he's only about three apples high, 
But that is it. Take away that little fact. And even that's not a big deal because he makes up for that in so many different ways. You know, he's a giant. He's literally a giant. Other than being tall, he's a giant in every other way you can think of. So, for example, he's got way more experience than Handsome Jack in fighting, human psychology, magic, you name it. He's got, remember, Papa Smurf is about 550 years old. And according to Smurf biology, Papa Smurf is actually right now in his prime at 550 years old. You're not going to get a better version of Papa Smurf. He's at it right now. He's a master tactician. He can come up with an insanely sophisticated plan in an instant. He's hidden the Smurf village so well that he doesn't even have a need to make it invisible, even though he has access to an invisibility spell. Uh, let's see, he made it so hard to find that even if you've gone to the village you were taken there, you can't find your way back. That is insane. Why? Because he hit it, hit it perfectly. That's thanks to his genius IQ. So he can figure out concoctions, figure out machines work. He's got magic spells that he can use super quick. He turns the tables on people who are trying to use spells against them by countering magic. And he does that all on the fly. Again, it could be 80s magic. I just think that's how great Papa Smurf is. So here's an example. He did it with what was called a rejuvenation formula. This was a spell. I can't believe I'm a grown man. I'm talking about Papa Smurf this way, by the way. Anyway, so Gargamel hits him with a rejuvenation spell where he starts to de-age. And Papa Smurf tricks Gargamel into using the spell on himself, which somehow cured Papa Smurf and just turned Gargamel really, really young. And Papa Smurf made sure it was just temporary so Gargamel could grow back to whatever it was. Anyway, he did that on the fly after he got hit by that spell. He's an insanely thoughtful, resourceful person. Uh, let's see. Let's see. You know, There's some really uh, insane stuff that gets really interesting. Even at Three Apples Pie... Uh, three apples high papa smurf is a physical beast of, that's just crazy he's described as having super speed and super agility for his size which means he can move slightly faster than a well-trained regular sized human which is fantastic when you are again three apples high he's so fast and agile that he's dodged lightning dodged magical spells avoided being captured a number of occasions and even if he does get captured he's been there and done that already and has a 100 percent escape rate from any prison cell or whatever else there may be attempting to hold him captive he always escapes he also has the strength of a full-grown human being as well, which is kind of crazy for, again, something that's three apples high. He's also a really good fighter. He's been witnessed using boxing, uh, different martial arts, grappling, or at least techniques from different styles of martial arts. This is someone who's a really great combatant. How does he not know all this stuff after 500 years? And again, the fact that he kept 100 Smurfs in the entire village safe for all of this time tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the level of kickassery that exists within Papa Smurf. Martial artist, genius IQ, master tactician, super strength, speed, agility, being super hard to hit, even at his size. That's a lot of badassery. That's Papa Smurf. That's my point number one. Okay, I got a lot I need to talk about right now. Super strength and speed on Papa Smurf. I've seen the cartoons, James. He's not Quicksilver or the Flash running around. He's running around at standard Smurf speed, which is generally enough to escape woodland creatures around him. And you don't need super speed to get away from chipmunks. That's all I'm trying to say here. And martial artist. You talk about him being a martial What is he going to do, a judo throw to Handsome Jack? He is three apples. Apples high. That's roughly what? 
10 inches tall. I don't know how big an apple is. I don't eat fruit. My point I'm trying to say here is I don't know what karate kicking super strength magic you're talking about. Again, I've seen the Smurfs. That is not a proper representation of who this character is, but I do want to talk about the potions because I think the potions are an interesting thing. He is a magical creature. Sure. I'll, I'll damage that a little bit later, but I want to talk about the potions right now because his potions are not necessarily something he has all the time. He needs time to go and concoct the potions back at his hut. That's where he keeps his spell books. That's where he keeps his, you know, if you ever played Skyrim, I know you haven't, James. You have those alchemy tables set up with all the ingredients and you got to mix the things. He does that in his own home. He doesn't do it really on the fly. And also his potions and spells, they don't always work as intended. I watched an episode earlier today where he was trying to make plants and just make better plants, you know, and he ended up making a monster killer plant monster that attacked him and subdued him. It actually would have won it if it was a who would win battle. So his potions are not always effective. That's all I'll say about that. All right, Kif, you've heard points one uh, from both Ray and myself. Yeah. Do, do you feel like, are you asking yourself, how did my life lead me to here? <laughs> yeah, that's really all I've been writing down is yeah. what am I, how, why am I spending this evening uh, adjudicating this discussion? Listen, uh, you're the young rock and then you just, when you thought you couldn't outdo it, here you are. That's right. Now this this match highlights. This match is uh, almost greater than the than the tag team match <laughs> between the Wild <laughs> Samoans and Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson and Soul Patrol. I mean, as you guys laid out at the top, this is between this is about tech versus magic. So there's some really uh, fundamental questions that that have to that that are that I have to take into consideration, but between the the extraordinary violence that is possible from Handsome Jack's arsenal. Uh, I, I think Ray, what I'd what I'd like you to do, while the world has tons of options, we're talking about one particular incident. So I, I, I it helps me. To, it's great to know what's possible, but like whether. Is he using an incendiary or a corrosive or or slag? Like, what's he using? If you can get more specific, that will really help me, and I think help me be able to paint the picture. I get the world. I get the scope of what he's capable of. Tell me what he's using rather than tell me what's possible. My response for is, is similar for Papa Smurf. You know, I feel like, James, you're working at a little bit of a a little bit of a disadvantage with Papa Smurf because this, while this character does p possess a lot of power, we have a perception of him as sort of a jolly old, not quite Yoda, sort of uh, lightly comic character who's very nurturing. So putting him in a battle takes a lot of effort. And when you describe uh, that for, for his size, he has the strength of a human, Okay, uh, that's that's not very strong uh, unless you're talking about uh, Pat Patterson or or Andre the Giant or Randy Macho Man Savage. I think the the point that really stuck with me, while I I have to give mad respect, James, for how far you've come in terms of building Papa Smurf up and his his wit and ability to to move and and and, and juke essentially. Because if Handsome Jack has got a Got a sniper rifle. Papa Smurf doesn't even know what's coming. Ray, Ray's rebuttal here is what tipped the scale for me for this first round that I have to give to Handsome Jack because the potions and spells do take time to prepare. And even as intelligent and quick-witted as Papa Smurf is, 
I find that a, a surprise attack or a rapid-fire sniper rifle will put him behind uh, behind the eight ball. So I, I got to give the point here to, to Ray for round one, but with a caveat of requesting getting as specific as you can for this particular encounter. Quick question. Do you think we're on like a special government list because we're actually discussing Papa Smurf being taken out by a sniper rifle? I could see that as being a very real possibility. <laughs> I, I mean, the fact that it's going out on the internet, I'm sure that we're on some kind of government list well listen i'll check my google ads in the morning and see what's getting advertised <laughs> if i'm being told that i need to buy ammo or uh or a hamster or a, little, or a hamster i'll find out or both <laughs> all right point point taken this is why we like having kip on the show race to Kansas, because he kind of sees things in his own pretty cool way so you're slightly ahead right now but I got a lot up my sleeve. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Handsome Jack. And the one thing I really wanted to make sure I talked about is that Papa Smurf is is a genius. He's a very, very smart character. But Handsome Jack is also a genius. He's also very conniving. And he gets other people to do the things he wants to do, whether they want to or even know that they're doing it. Now, a few of the things that Jack has done in his career to get where he was, because he just started as a regular employee of the Hyperion Corporation, uh, a self-proclaimed code monkey. So he was a very, very smart guy with the tech, sort of like a Tony Stark type, uh, with just without the suit. You know, they didn't really give him a lot of power. He was talked down upon. In fact, his original name was John, but everybody just called him Jack because nobody bothered to learn his name. So when he rose to power, he did so as Jack as his way of, of saying, like, look what you made me do. Now, how did he get to power? Well, Jack killed the previous president of Hyperion and took his place. That's just apparently how it works. He uses a substance called iridium which is sort of like a magical fuel uh, it's it's fuel but it's power it's a powerful like the energon cubes of the transformers universe is my best reference point for iridium and he incorporates it in the weapons that he makes and all of his infernal machines devices etc as a tech genius he uses something called echo tech from his satellite that's in orbit above him all the time, and he uses it to track the player characters and to communicate with them throughout the entire game. So one thing he'll be able to know about Papa Smurf is where he is at all times. It's cute that he can go invisible, but this tech is going to be too much. He's going to know where he is, and he's not just going to shoot Papa Smurf. He's going to take out the entire area around Papa Smurf, okay? He's also sadistic. He used his own daughter, who is a siren, siren being one of six that can exist at any one time, magical creatures uh, in the entire universe. So he's fought magical creatures in his own world, one of which was his own daughter, who he strapped into a machine, pumped her full of iridium, even though it was hurting her, in order to charge this vault key to get to his final verdict, to get to his final uh the vault to open it to gain great power for himself. He loved his daughter, but wasn't above using her in very, very nefarious ways to get to his own ends. He's a character who goes big at all times. He owns a, a, a pony made out of diamonds, not a statue of a pony or a pony that has a diamond, an actual literal pony made of diamonds that he calls butt stallion. Look, this is a character who doesn't know small. And so he won't necessarily you know, uh, see Papa Smurf as a problem when they come into it. But he does terrible things. He scooped a guy's eye out with his spoon in front of his kids. 
He does not care. But let's talk about some of the worst things he's done because we haven't even gotten there yet. He hired bandits to kill his own grandmother. Why? Because he didn't like her. That was it. That's all that it took right there. <laughs> he also took the, one of the great pets, Bloodwing, who is, what is he, a hawk from the Mordecai character from Borderlands 1. He kidnapped the bird of the player character, pumped him all full of Iridian, turning him into a giant, like, Mothra-type creature. The players fought him, brought him back down to Earth using elemental warfare. But Handsome Jack affixed a bomb collar on the bird and blew up the head in front of everybody just to piss off Mordecai, just to show that he's the one in power. He's the true sadistic one. And then when we talk about the little bits about himself, he has laser guns on his wrists at all times, so there's very little chance Papa Smurf's going to be able to disarm him. And he keeps a Wild West holster as well. So he's always got a pistol, which has been known to one-shot characters in the game. So one shot with it will be enough for Papa Smurf if you're looking for specifics. But he's also got laser beams that will kill as well on his wrists at all times. Tech genius, as I said. Sadistic, intelligent, and dangerous. That's Handsome Jack. It's going to be too much, and that's point number two. Wow, a lot of cool stuff further and, and really uh, disturbing stuff about Handsome Jack. Now, first of all, Kev, to answer a previous comment about Papa Smurf, he doesn't need time to actually prepare when it comes to just using spells that he uses. Like, that he can do immediately. He also carries a lot of stuff with him to you know for his spells, his magic, what have you. He does have stuff back in his house, but he doesn't need that because he knows what spells to use when he's just out and about. All right, now, Handsome Jack gets people to do what he wants them to do. That's a really cool aspect of the character for handsome jack to do that typically you know he has to have time to do that and these people aren't trying to kill him at the same time or fight him at the same time and typically he would need to know something about these people again this is a random encounter in a neutral location i don't see that happening can the tech you know detect magically enhance things or magic or what have you just because his tech is great and there's some elements of magic within his story that's the great thing about magic is that it kind of won't be detected by really great tech that's what papa smurf uses and finally what's really telling about all this about handsome jack and his personality is that there's an arrogance there there's a narcissistic arrogance and he is going to completely underestimate papa smurf the moment he sees him he's like wait this is it he's almost going to be angry that papa smurf at Three Apples High is who he was deemed to take on because he's like, well, how is this thing unworthy of my time, my effort, what have you? That's going to be his downfall. But before we get there, let's talk about my point number two. And I'm just going to make a statement. Papa Smurf is the ultimate master of magic and alchemy from the 1980s. I'm just going to say that. And, uh, you know, he's one, actually, when you break it down, he's one of the greatest users of magic from the 80s as well. It, it just beyond Mumra, beyond Thundercats, beyond all these other uh, animated series that use magic, the way Papa Smurf does it is really intriguing. So, Handsome Jack, like I said, he's many things, a badass on his own, right? Pretty good warrior, great user of tech. Ray, you did a great job of detailing that. But Papa Smurf, he lives in a low-tech world. Why? Because it's in the past. And also, his use of magic overcomes any type of tech needs the Smurfs would ever have. So remember, this is Papa Smurf we're talking about here. He won Wizard of the Year by the Wizards Association. According to the Mar uh, Smurf Wiki, this is the most prestigious wizard organization of wizards that recognizes the best wizard in a world of amazing wizards through wizards voting for wizards. That is pretty, you know, a big award. Let me put this another way. He's so good at magic and so powerful that he is seen as a peer by both Mother Nature and 
father time. That's who he hangs out with. Papa Smurf's not a regular Smurf. This is one of these Doc Strange, Doc Fates, you know, he's kind of, you know, down to earth creature, but he hangs out with the elements of time and space and mother nature and all these crazy things. So what can Papa Smurf do with spells he can cast and with the magical items he has on him at all times? So again, he can communicate with animals. He actually can call on behalf of a huge moose to help him out with something and take out Gargamel. He did that within an instant. He can say spells that create huge gusts of winds. This is when he's outside, out and about, away from the Smurf Village. He can mind control people by looking to their eyes and that and cast a spell. And that spell, with you know, he casts through his eyes, puts them to sleep and mesmerize. I'm not sure how it works, but he can just absolutely control someone's mind that way as well. He can fly by imbuing magic into feathers on the spot. He can manipulate and rewind time itself using time scrolls. He can mani- and he has those on it in his hat. At least in uh, season eight, he can manipulate matter and transmute it into different elements. He can use magical tele teleportation to send opponents thousands of miles away. He can also create portals to what look like other worlds. His magic enables him to slightly warp reality. Don't know how that's going to work, but it may be a thing he can do. He has a magical power called Existence Erasure, which is similar in power to Bugs Bunny taking out a pencil in one of his animated series and erasing the actual cartoon his opponents in, thereby removing them from existence. He's got magical clairvoyance where he somehow can get an intellectual download on all needed information about someone or something immediately. He can manipulate light, electricity, and even weather to a degree. And this may be magic or maybe Toon Force, but whatever it is, evidently Papa Smurf doesn't get seriously hurt as in ever. He never bleeds. He never seems to lose a fight. It's not unusual for Smurfs to be hit by lightning, to be shaken up, and two seconds later, they're up and walking around, and they're actually fine. And Papa Smurf, again, is much tougher than your average Smurf. Remember, Papa Smurf loves to research and study magic. With his genius IQ, his tactical superiority, all the great things Papa Smurf's got, plus you know the fact that he can retain spells like crazy and use them out and about where he's taking on whatever comes his way, because remember, he's a student of magic, he's kind of a high level opponent that handsome Jack just won't have an answer for, you know, answer for. And as we've often mentioned on the Who Would Win show, when it comes to tech versus magic, typically magic wins and wins big. All of that is my point number two. Okay, I, I have plenty I want to talk about for this right now and get it in. First off, he's going to summon a huge moose. Oh, no, that huge moose will get shot immediately and blown off the face of the earth. You've got to be kidding me with that point. And the time scrolls. He used time scrolls in like one episode in season eight. And to your own acknowledgement, that is not something he walks around with all the time. I would argue that Papa Smurf is very much a one-shot, one-time-use master. Whatever the, uh, whatever the writers of that episode need him to be able to do, he just suddenly can do it in this one episode and then forgets he can stop time in nine other seasons of the show. So I don't think this is his go-to bag. Although, and you talked about the, what is it, the reality erasure? I actually saw that point in a wiki article as well and I looked at their reference point. Their reference point for that was pointing a stick at a bucket The bucket disappeared and he made it reappear on clumsy Smurf's head three seconds later. I don't know exactly how deep and powerful this spell is. It's a bucket the size of a thimble because these are not very large 
characters. So I, I give that a huge grain of salt. The one thing I would ask is, I was looking up Papa Smurf and all the related media, and I found a LinkedIn article that said, don't be a Papa Smurf in your business. In that, if you have all of these different people who have certain skills and abilities, don't go out of your way to be the guiding force that protects them of, through their own incompetence. That is a poor manager, and that probably is why Papa Smurf is what, 546 years old? But all the other Smurfs around him are only 100? That tells me he's been getting them all killed for centuries. It is a fact that the Smurfs have not, actually, no one really knows what happened, why the Smurfs are 100, and he's 500. Yeah, Papa Smurf, don't talk about those other well, Smurfs. Well, all right, Kiff. You've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. We're now at what's called the turning point. This is where you have to tell us who you think is ahead in the fight and what the other side has to do to pull out the victory. This was a tough round. I mean, they're always tough rounds, guys, but like the volume of magic that Papa Smurf has access to, the, the fact that he's elemental, the fact that he is tied to an equal playing field with Mother Nature and Father Time, the fact that he generally doesn't get hurt. In this particular encounter, I'm imagining... That handsome Jack is the aggressor. Would you guys both agree? I mean, it would seems like, you know, it's not like a situation where Wolverine and Hulk face each other and they're both running towards each other. This is something where handsome Jack is the one who's got the element of surprise and whatnot. So I, I'm, I'm seeing Papa Smurf from a more of a defensive position. And I don't know if that's a fair assessment on my part, but, but it seems to be consistent with the personalities of these two characters. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we do take character into consideration for these battles. Yeah. And I think what you've laid out makes sense. Yeah. I do and think after a, an initial meet and greet, where Papa Smurf's like, who are you, good sir? And Handsome Jack starts trying to kill him. Yes, Papa Smurf will be on the defensive somewhat right, you know, from the get-go. Well, that also raises the question, too, in terms of range, because that was something that Ray brought up early on in terms of his weaponry, whether it was long-range or mid-range, that he has the definitely advantage in Papa Smurf being able to make eye contact. But if there's a distance and a mask involved, how easy is that, you know, that, that particular... Uh, power wielded. I think from a defensive position uh, in this particular round, I, I, I have to give the edge to Papa Smurf in this round just from a standpoint of his, uh, his ability to, to take a hit and then to be able to sort out how he's going to move forward regardless of the level of tech that's coming at him. He would have to be completely annihilated in that first shot. Otherwise, you know, with, with the possibility of Handsome Jack underestimating him and having, having a sense of, of, uh, of arrogance, which I, I, feel, I feel Ray has validated in the presentation of how he's risen to power, etc. Uh, it feels plausible that that might be the case, that this fight may at first glance seem to be a very easy and short one, but Papa Smurf, like, like Poe's Weeble that he fights uh, has uh, has has greater defensive capability than he expects. I'm not trying to do your job for either one of you. I'm just trying to play things out in my mind, and that's where I come. So at this point, I got to go one to one in terms of what I've got to see to 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 work through this. You guys have laid the case out very nicely in terms of what's what are the options that they have capable and the sadism versus the positive energy. So what I what I want to know now is really specifically how is Handsome Jack attacking? How is Papa Smurf surviving and countering? 
and how does Handsome Jack respond to that? That's what I need to know for this final round. All right, Ray, we got to give some real big specifics and details. Now each character is going to actually get the win. I'm really interested to see what you got to say. Go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Handsome Jack is that Handsome Jack is not a character who gets his own hands dirty until it's time to deliver the final shot. And I think that's important. Handsome Jack being the president of the Hyperion Company, and he, you know, he has the uh, an H-shaped Death Star in in orbit above the planet where he says, and he has something called the eye of Helios, which is effectively a death star type of weapon. And he also has something called moonshot cannons that he can shoot from space. And he uses it to bombard the floating city of sanctuary. As soon as he was able to trick them into lowering their shields and he, and he was able to make that happen and blow that city straight out of the sky and have it crash back down to the, the surface of Pandora where he could get to it, but he doesn't just have space lasers. He also can summon robots. He uses robot army in order to do his attacking for him and he can summon them at any time at any moment and they'll teleport down to the surface of the planet and he uses what are called constructors and the constructors are big powerful factory style robots that are about you know I don't know seven eight feet tall they're all pretty powerful in their own regard but they create other robots known as loaders and known as surveyors. And these loaders are the ones who actually do the heavy lifting of the attacking of the player characters in the game. And the surveyors are a support unit that fly around above little eyes in the sky that can provide shields and healing to those robots during the course of a battle. So as soon as Handsome Jack maybe pulls out his rocket launcher, blows away the entire area of Papa Smurf, I'm willing to play ball with the idea that Papa Smurf survives the initial barrage. But then he's just going to click a button. He's going to have a whole robot army around him, at least a dozen of these things, attacking Papa Smurf, creating more robots, supporting themselves, working in tandem with each other to destroy one Smurf? I have to believe that these robots are more than capable since they can kill teams of player characters. Of course they can take out one Papa Smurf, and I'm not saying he can't stand his own against some of them, but eventually they're going to wear him down. And that's where Handsome Jack is going to be at his most dangerous, is when you think the battle's over, you think you've destroyed the masses. He has his own cloaking technology. He turns invisible when the battle starts and lets you deal with the immediate threat of the robots around you. And as soon as you feel like, I did it, maybe Papa Smurf somehow comes out of that battle. But just like Roland, the player character from Borderlands 1, who is the leader of the Crimson Raiders, they think the battle's over, when all of a sudden a giant bullet-shaped hole erupts through Roland's body, he falls to the ground dead in one shot because Handsome Jack uncloaked himself, took the shot at very close range, and dropped a major player character in a shocking moment from Borderlands 2. I'm so sorry if I spoiled a 10-year-old game to you, but that's the reality of this character. And the last thing I'll talk about is the very final battle against him. You're fighting him, he's cloaking, he's doing the thing, but you're just fighting Handsome Jack without legions of robots because you're inside the vault where, you know, the robots can't necessarily, you know, drop down from space to. So what does he do? He summons a giant dragon-like beast known as the Warrior... <laughs> 
which was his whole plan all along, was to summon this warrior and destroy the entire planet, destroy all of his enemies. And he sicks the warrior on all of the uh, player characters, who, of course, because the four player characters together in the Borderlands world are a force of nature. So they're able to uh, eventually destroy it with their huge amounts of weapons and tech and all that other good stuff. The whole point is that he doesn't do his fighting by himself. He summons the warrior. He summons a robot army. And if all of that somehow still can't get it done, he then, when he's worn you down, takes the final shot himself or just fires those moonshot cannons or Eye of Helios, takes out the city you're in just to kill you. Who would do that? Handsome Jack would do that. And that's my point number So this three. is interesting. You're saying that Papa Smurf does not have access to, you know, something he used all through nine seasons, his spells, his spell book, his, all the materials to make his, whatever he does magically. Yet somehow Handsome Jack has access to his army of robots, his Death Star-like thing, a dragon that he can teleport in. All of that, all of that tracks, yeah. Now, these are all great things. And again, this is what makes this character sound really, really cool, by the way. Remember, this character has been killed. And this character has been taken out. I'm not saying Papa Smurf is necessarily going to kill the person, but Papa Smurf definitely does physical damage. And Handsome Jack, as far as I can tell, is not a physically enhanced human being. He's a very gifted intellect. He's got access to some great tech. But he himself is just as frail as a regular human being. Ray, is that a safe assessment? I think he is an extraordinary human being. Got it. So the answer is yes. Got it. So we're going to go with that. Second thing I want to kind of bring up is that for Papa Smurf, just to rebut everything, one thing he's also got is ranged attacks. Remember, he's got control over the weather somewhat. He can create gusts of winds. He's He can uh, use different elements around him, animals, the whole thing, to summon them immediately. He can hit from a far enough range. He does not actually have to be close enough to even touch Handsome Jack to, uh, to beat him. So he's got those ranged attacks. I think that's really all I've got in terms of my rebuttal. But so let me go ahead and hit my uh, point number three. Let's talk about some major accomplishments of Papa Smurf. So, you know, just because the Smurfs was an animated series aimed at younger viewers doesn't mean the struggle wasn't real for Papa Smurf. And nine seasons, Papa Smurf was such a good leader and protector of the Smurfs that no one got seriously hurt and no one died. Now, do you want to kill some of these entities trying to attack the Smurf village? The answer is yes. He wanted to hammer the heck out of them, but he didn't because he wanted to hold himself to a higher moral standard. He'll definitely do in this match as well. Now, with all that being said, let's talk about some of his wins and some of the opponents he's taken on. In nine seasons, Papa Smurf has had to protect the Smurfs from and also defeat the following. Ogres with super strength. Dragons. He is super familiar with dragons. Different variations of monsters. A plague that infected every Smurf and turned them into rage zombies. They were actually called purple Smurfs in the series, not the other Smurfs we talked about before. He's taken on literal forces of nature. That is crazy. And of course, he's taken on Gargamel and Azrael, who are always trying to kill them, turn them into gold, eat them, or do something else with them. Look, on a side note, 100 Smurfs, make a spear, trap that Azrael and Gargamel in a trap, and just take them out, put them out of everyone's misery. You know, I've said what I said. So Papa Smurf has some really cool ways to take out his opponents. What are these ways? Well, it's Papa Smurf's ultimate power. One of Papa Smurf's biggest strengths, it's his resourcefulness. Every episode, he had an answer for what he had to take on. An army's coming in. Remember, human armies were a thing back in the service. He had to take them on. Not a problem. He had an answer. Monsters, ogres, different things, spells. All of a sudden, his magic is gone. He had answers to get his magic back and to deal with everything. 
Think about it. He always seemed to know what to do at the right time. And somehow he had what he needed either on him or in close proximity to use it. So the things he's going to have is everything he needs to cast a spell, any spell he has within that spell book that he's good and comfortable with casting. That means his eyes of Newt, his special wands, all that kind of good stuff. It's in the Smurf Village in his house. He's got it. All of that. He can summon animals as well. Any type of animal he wants, he's going to summon them in. Okay. This is um, the really cool part about uh, Papa Smurf. He's kind of talking about another 80s icon. He's like the MacGyver of the Smurfs. He can take sticks. He can take whatever he needs to, blades of grass, the wind, feathers, whatever. He's going to craft a solution to take on you know, that part, that person. He's kind of like a combined magical version of MacGyver, Tony Stark, and with the preparation of just in case something happens so we have the contingencies just like Batman. So remember, he studied day and night learning new spells and alchemy. He stored so many objects, scrolls, and other things all over his hat, his house. This guy is a walking, crazy Doctor Strange, Doctor Fate mix-up. And he does this with a cool demeanor where he's going to go in, analyze the situation, even with Handsome Jack firing at him. He's still going to be cool, calm, and collected as he's bouncing around, figuring things out. And he's actually positioning Handsome Jack into exactly where he wants him. And, you know, he uses a form of the intoxicating mind fog, that patented, by the way, the intoxicating smurf fog, whatever it is. He talks to his opponents. He brings their guards down. He analyzes what they're saying and gets into their minds and then deduces exactly what has to happen to get the win. So why is this important? So Handsome Jack has another very glaring weakness that Papa Smurf can totally exploit to win. And that and he's done this dozens of times throughout almost every episode throughout the 80s. Handsome Jack, according to Ray, is an extreme egomaniac who believes himself to be a hero restoring order to the world, although in reality he's actually, uh, I guess, a, a, a genocidal murderer. He's that type of person. So I get it. He's extremely unstable. He gets angry very quickly, and that's going to play into Papa Smurf's hands because he, on the other hand, genius-level intellect, and can use this in battle to identify Jack's instability and invoke an emotional reaction to him. Look, if Handsome Jack's going to call down anything, he's got to be in the mind to call it down. Papa Smurf, as he's done to Gargamel, I think Mother Nature and other forces of nature, gets into their heads and starts getting them off of their game, and that's when he makes sure that they can't use their primary weapons or whatever it is they're going to use, and then he can use his is that's how he gets the win. So this includes the thousand spells where he could mesmerize Handsome Jack, shrink him, turn Handsome Jack into a slug, all things he's done in the show. In the end, Papa Smurf has defeated way tougher opponents, has too many centuries of experience, too many ways to defeat Handsome Jack, and now that he can use all of his magic, which includes time manipulation, portals, teleportation, everything to get Handsome Jack away from where he is before he can even use these weapons because he's got to understand what he's facing with Papa Smurf. That'll take time. That's how Papa Smurf is going to win. That's my point number three. Look, in the world of hyperboles, this may have been the biggest hyperbole of all time. You are making some wild statements about Papa Smurf in this. I didn't think of all the characters you've compared to Batman in the history of the Who Would Win show was not expecting Papa Smurf to make that illustrious list of, let me check, literally every character you've ever repped before <laughs> on this show. Papa Smurf is no closer to Batman than I am. 
because I live in a cave. My entire point I'm trying to make here is, what are you even talking about? You said he has a higher moral standard than Handsome Jack. I agree with that, obviously. But that is going to work to his downfall because he's going to be worried about protecting the forest around him while Handsome Jack is bombing it out indiscriminately and does not care. And a lot of these spells you talked about using absolutely work when you're face-to-face, one foot away from the other person. But Handsome Jack doesn't fight that way. He will cloak, step back, and let robots take the battle for him and then take out Papa Smurf when it's time. Because at the end of the day, I've seen what happens when Papa Smurf casts a spell when it goes wrong. It's the Howly Bird episode of the Smurfs where he ends up taking this tiny little bird and it turns into a big bird and Papa Smurf spends the entire episode running away from it. It's a bird. It's not a killer robot army. It's one bleeping bird. And he's terrified of it. So Papa Smurf at the end of the day, at best, is going to battlefield remove himself and get out of Dodge to formulate a plan. And I believe later on after this battle is over, could come back and do some damage to Handsome Jack. But there's too much going on here. Handsome Jack has too many advantages. Papa Smurf is not fighting a simple one-on-one battle against an opponent physically in front of him. Handsome Jack's got too much for this. All I'm going to say, Ray, Handsome Jack has been killed. Papa Smurf, still alive and kicking. All right, Kiff, it's time for you to make a decision. You've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Handsome Jack and Papa Smurf. I feel like you've done a tremendous job, James, of presenting once again how Papa Smurf is versatile, positive, thoughtful, creative, The MacGyver reference was not lost on me, although I agree with Ray that the comparison to a mashup of Batman, Tony Stark, and MacGyver for Papa Smurf is is maybe a bridge too far. I I feel like in this particular instance, with with the firepower that Handsome Jack is bringing to, to uh, to whatever this particular random encounter location is that it's such scorched earth that even if if papa smurf does survive and use his power of light and magic to restore himself and to be able to try to understand what's going on if if handsome jack gets a shot off uh with this with this robotic army that's self-perpetuating i can't see papa smurf walking away from that not to say that he would die but certainly to uh, a battlefield removal of, of retreat and regrouping makes makes sense to me with the volume of damage that could happen to the environment and to himself. You've changed the way I think about Papa Smurf, and I have mad respect for him now in a way that I, that I didn't going into this battle, but I have to go with Handsome Jack winning this particular encounter. And um, unbelievable! Oh my goodness, we have a season. Unbelievable! You know, let me ask you a question: Was it Handsome Jack winning, or was it the Death Star thing he has, or the army of robots? Ultimately, a massive planet-killing weapon. That uh, and those were the choices. And had he chosen, I I, I can say this: that I feel like Papa Smurf, uh, from a constitution and his goodness, would probably never try to kill. Right, uh, I mean, like that doesn't, or would, or do you feel like he would? No, he I would think exact I, revenge, or I, would I, kill? I, would he be able to kill? He's been angry before, 
And uh-huh. he's he's definitely had some not great moments, but he's not a killer. That's absolutely correct. He's not a killer. Uh, he has gone to some extremes to get someone out of there, like battlefield removal himself. You know, the portals, the teleportation, you know, all yeah. of the millions of ways I described what Papa Smurf could do to someone who's too dangerous. But with that being said, ultimately, this wasn't a battle against Handsome Jack, was it? Summoning is a so power, here, James. I mean, summoning I think it is. is a I think power. it is. You have to take into consideration, but like... I mean, look, if we flash back to the Cyclops versus Master Chief, I mean, that was essentially was like Master Chief is a badass. Cyclops optic rays can cut the 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 moon in half. And that was his personal ability versus honestly, it was Ray's debating of Master Chief. So, uh, you know, man, uh, if, wow. if you remember, I do because uh, I certainly do. I do. Yes. But like in, in this case, I feel like what what Ray did that I felt like I, I wanted more from you in this last act, James, was Ray gave really specific encounters of this is what he does. Papa Smurf would p- combat it this way, and then Handsome Jack would follow up with this. And what I got in the third act from you was all the things that were options I wanted you to take me through. He shoots the planet, he burns, but Papa Smurf creates a force field that stops it. You know what I mean? Like, talk me through the battle. Yeah. Be Papa Smurf in that moment and help me through it so that I don't have to basically use all the things that you've created for me to rebut, paint the picture for me. And I feel in this instance, Ray's picture was the the picture that remained in my head after after all the points were made. All fair points. I do have a really interesting pointed question, which we'll do in the post-match that all of our uh, patrons will be able to see. And, uh, for our Legion of Audience, make sure you tune into this. This is going to be really good, the third degree. But with all that being said, Kip, one of the things I really enjoy about you as a judge is that you've got a logical process. And, and that's great when we're talking about something so absurd. As Handsome Jack versus Papa Smurf. And you're like, now, yes. now here's the thing, James. <laughs> you know, with the area of attack capability of the Death Star-like object, never mind the army of robots that can just rain absolute <laughs> hell and blaze a fort. You know, I love that. I love it when we take something like this and we all treat it really seriously. This gives me joy. Kiff, you are a treasure. Congratulations again on the Young Rock. I only see Thank a you. massive recurrence until, on other shows, until you get your own starring vehicle, the Pat Patterson Show. Which should be, be, uh, uh, in order to be out soon. <laughs> Here's hoping. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Uh, it's always a, it's always a pleasure to be here, and and uh, and thank you for letting me uh, share stories of working on Young Rock, and uh, and I hope your audience uh, enjoys it as much as we enjoyed making it. It's a terrific show. I think they absolutely will. Now, before you sign off, tell everyone where they can find you online. So I'm online on both Twitter and Instagram at kiffvh k i f f v h. Uh, there you can. Uh, follow uh you know the stuff that's there i'm also my website is kiffvh.com where i've got a blog as well with basically talking about you know actor and voice actor stuff specifically but also uh improvisation and artistic injury and a variety of things and uh i'm very uh quick to respond if you ever have any questions or comments my reels are there if you want to study with me or take you know uh i do voiceover therapy as well as vo work and train with with people's specific interests. So if you're if you're interested in getting into voiceover and don't know how and want to get some one on one, I'm more than happy to 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 be uh, available to you. 
and you can find uh, reaching out to me at uh, there at kiffvh.com. You know, I invite you to check out, you know, certainly Young Rock, but if you love great villains, uh, I'm so proud of what we did on Bioshock Infinite. I played uh, Zachary Hale Comstock, who I would argue is is just as bad, if not uh, maybe more so than <laughs> Handsome Jack. Um uh, but uh, at any rate, um, check out Bioshock Infinite if you haven't played it. And uh, please uh, enjoy The Crude's uh, Family Tree, which is uh, running right now on Hulu and Peacock, uh, where I get to play Grug and do my best Nicolas Cage uh, impression. I love how you're only like doing awesome things. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm like, this is awesome. Okay, great. All right, fantastic. Now, Ray, congratulations. Although I'm going to put an asterisk beside this one because I felt like um, sure you will. this was like a race to Canis way of fighting. Hey, I'm here for the fight, and here are my friends. Go ahead. I'll just be over here having a beverage. With that being said, you did get the win, and that was cool. So tell everyone where they can find you online. Man, I'm just enjoying this uh, victory snack that I'm having. Oh, who am I kidding? These pretzels suck. <laughs> My point I'm trying to make here is that Handsome Jack is too smart for Papa Smurf, just like I am too smart for James Gavsey. Any dumb meathead dum-dum who's dumb can get in front of somebody and throw punches. It takes a real genius to put a robot army between you and them and pull down the victory. And that's why Handsome Jack is great. And that's why I am great. And that's why I won this battle. Mainstream March is tied, James. I think you were already counting your, 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 your puzzle pieces before you even finished putting it together. I don't know who does that. James Gavsey does that. My point I'm trying to make through all of this is I deserve this victory, just like Handsome Jack deserved victory in Borderlands 2, except I actually got this victory. Maybe I'm even better than he is at the end of the day. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. You can find me doing other things. Oh, is that it? He totally froze. Uh-oh. Did what? I though? Oh, oh. oh. Mm. wow! Talking about enhancing the uh, audio wow. aspect for our listeners. Incredible. That's and the video aspect because he just stopped moving. But the moray effect on his on his slight hair, his very very thinning <laughs> scalp. How how it how it uh, how it uh, how the the green screen continued to. To make it look like he had hair and then he didn't. And it's the headphones and no, it's his hair. No, no, he's really bald there. It's uh Don't give away all oh, my sorry, tricks, sorry, Kiff. Sorry. You know, we had Keeps as a sponsor. We did. And, I made a mistake and with like, that. I also use And I'm like, don't say that, Ray. Don't say. <laughs> and he said use the product. And uh, we haven't seen them in a while. Hopefully they come back. <laughs> all right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for our podcasts. On behalf of myself, Race to Canis, the Geek and Game Facebook community, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. 
Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwindshow right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.